done by a couple different guys you know Tory Lanez was on there Chris Brown was on there but I don't know if it ever actually got released but it, it's it's a hitter for sure it's a hitter for sure everybody welcome to Styles Files Radio the first Styles Files Radio of the year it's very exciting stuff very exciting stuff 2021 is finally here, everybody has been ready to get rid of 2020, and for good reason. It was a tough go. It was a tough go. You know, we had to deal with a lot. Everybody dealt with a lot in so many different ways. And what I like to talk to people about is not the fact that we went through a pandemic. It was a fact that we went through a pandemic and other real life stuff happened as well. So everything was just magnified. So the things that you used to have to deal with or used to dealing with maybe a relative passing away, an older relative, or maybe a pet passing away, a dog or a cat. These are the things that you normally have to deal with and are already tough. That stuff didn't stop simply because there was a pandemic. So hopefully everybody stayed safe or did their best to stay safe throughout 2020 Coming into 2021 healthy. If you lost anyone, sorry to hear that. If you lost any pets, sorry to hear that. But we're, we're hoping that 2021 is a brighter day and a brighter future. And look, now we get into the, the New Year's resolutions, all of those types of things. I don't personally do that as far as the details, right? I don't get too detailed with it. I like to keep things pretty generic, we want growth. We want, you know, love and life and all those things. I don't sit there and say, I want to run every day because I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to look at myself in June and say, bruh, you didn't even make it to March with what <laughs> you were trying to do. So for me, I'm just looking at more growth. We are on Twitch for the first time. We are on TuneIn for about the second or third time. We're turning all these or transforming them into podcasts as well. I know I haven't done a Styles Files podcast proper in a while because we're getting this thing rolling, this live swag going as well. So it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. And my thing is you got to stick with it, right? You're not going to blow up the next day. So for me, my resolution is to stick with it give it the old college try, and make sure I feel like I've put my best foot forward. We got a great show for you today, as we always do. The text lines are open, 925-876-5730. And when I say the text lines, I mean my cell phone. They all work, or you can tweet at me at the underscore styles files, styles with an I. All those things work. This is Warriors Wednesday, so we're going to lead the show with Warriors, but we are going to talk a little bit about some college football. The Heisman got given out last night to Devontae Smith. Let's talk about Bama and having three candidates in the top five, which is ridiculous. And then we're going to get into a new segment, In Style, Out of Style. Obviously, my name is Alan Styles, The Styles Files, 
what this week is in style and out of style, and we will be focusing on the NFL picks. So, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. Warriors have been rolling. Speaking of rolling, they've won the last two. If anyone checked out my Twitter or has seen Major League before, you win three in a row, that's called a winning streak. So they're one wet, one win away from their winning streak, and it's not a big deal who stands in their way. Oh, it's just the Los Angeles Clippers who have been on a tear, an absolute tear lately. Well, should I say Paul George, and I don't believe Paul George played last night, and they lost to the Spurs, which is interesting. You know, I, I'm going to call this game... The meme battle, the NBA Twitter meme battle, because they feature two players that NBA Twitter loves to kick when they're down, Paul George and Andrew Wiggins. You know when it gets real quiet on NBA Twitter, when those guys are playing well? You know when it's really loud? When those guys have a lousy game. So both of them have had to deal with these types of things in different ways. Wiggins being the number one pick and not necessarily living up to that. Paul George, I mean, some of it he's brought upon himself. He's in Instagram comments and things like that. And and then he, he deflects some of the responsibility. So I get it. But keep that same energy. The disrespect is loud. So make sure the respect is loud too. And that does not happen on NBA Twitter. That, that, that is the one place you can guarantee it not to happen. But back to the Warriors specifically, can they keep up what they've been doing? Steph dropping, what was it, like 92 in in 72 minutes or something ridiculous like that. Can they keep it up? And when you look at this mini run that they've been on, because it's not a streak yet, what is realistic and what is not realistic? So let's start with what is realistic. So I looked up the average NBA score for the last... Since 2018, the last NBA score, or the, the average NBA score, sorry, I got a, a Twitch notification. I got to mute these. I, I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm getting new at this stuff. I, I didn't know what that sound was, but the average is 111 to 112 since 2018. 111 to 112. So I broke this down into what I think is realistic for the Warriors to do night in and night out. Steph Curry we're going to need 25 to 30 from you, okay? Wiggins and Oubre, this is where it gets a little spicy. I have them between 30 and 45 combined, which I think are both very possible on a good day or a bad day. Obviously, we're hoping that it's closer to 45. Wiseman, 10 to 15 points a night, I think is very doable. And the rest of the team, 15 to 20. So... If we count it by the maximums that I have added in, that's 110 a night. So 110 a night, the NBA average score is 111 to 112. That's close. That's really, really close. And if they get it done on defense, oh yeah, by the way, I didn't even include Draymond because at this point, there's really no reason to. We just don't know what he's going to bring, but we know... All of these points that we see from the other players, Draymond has been a part of it. So, 110 a night, and if they get their defense where it needs to be, and where it can be, and where it should be, that will will you that will win you games. It will will you games, and it will win you games. Now, it won't win you every game. I don't think it'll win you every game. But the Lakers won a game yesterday against the jawless the jaw morantless grizzlies and they didn't break 100 now they played lebron james and anthony davis like i said jaw morant didn't play but it is doable there's going to be those nights where you have uh, you know those abnormalities like that and then you got games where i mean the warriors drop 137 on the kings and that's not going to happen that much either so you have to think about both of those things What's not realistic? Obviously, Steph dropping 62 a night. That's not going to happen. Or every other night. Or every every other night. It's just not going to happen or he's going to burn out. What else is not realistic? Getting lucky enough to play the Kings 
for every second game of a back-to-back. That's not going to happen either. And I don't know what's going on. You know, Marvin Bagley's dad is tweeting and telling them to trade him. Now De'Aaron Fox's dad is also getting in the mix, whose name is Aaron. So that's kind of funny as well. So the Kings are a mess. I know the Kings were supposed to be decent. They signed De'Aaron to that huge deal. But they're a mess right now. And you're not going to get to play them every week. You're just not. We love that. You probably make, you definitely make the playoffs if that was the case. But that isn't the case. Um, so those are the things that aren't realistic. But to be honest, that's not a long list. Everything else that I said, I feel is realistic. Now, if you look at those nights... When all of the players that I named are hitting their minimum, Steph 25, Ubre Wiggins 30, Wiseman 10, rest of the team 15, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done, and there's going to be nights like that. That's why nobody is sitting here saying they're going to be a top two, probably not even top three seed, because... You just will have nights like that, and you're going to have nights where Steph rests, and you're going to have nights where Draymond rests. And maybe you get lucky and you try to do it against a weak team or something like that. But we all know, as Steph said so eloquently, these are all NBA guys. So the idea that you can just roll the ball out there and you're going to be okay, especially when you don't have Clay or KD or those players anymore, that's not how it works. And speaking of KD, I mean, even the Nets are having some issues now. So you can't sleep on any team. That's not to say you got to bring your A++ game every every day but you have to be ready to go as far as the clippers let's talk about the other side they got the clippers tonight this will be a huge test for the warriors i'd like to liken it to when you've been playing well on nba 2k or madden so you change the difficulty level from veteran to all-star you don't have to keep it there forever but you just want to see how you do Right, The Warriors don't have to play the Lakers or the Clippers every game, but they're going to have these opportunities to see what they can do. You know, you, you've been beating your cousin or your buddy, and you will find out very quickly if they're just trash or if you're actually good. And that's what we have with the Warriors and Clippers. We're going to find out if the Warriors can actually hang with these guys. And like we said, well, the Clippers are coming off a of back-to-back, but you need to figure out how you can perform in those situations. Regardless of, you know, you get blown out by the Blazers and then you blow the Blazers out, which team is better? I don't know. I guess it's the eye test. So that's what I'm looking for as far as what I feel the Warriors are going to need to bring to the table to get this done. Everybody, you're going to have to get to that 110 mark, I think, especially if both of them play, uh, Paul George and Kawhi, and you're just going to have to defend. And you have to, you know, taking it back to my playing days a long, long time ago, you do bring a different energy when it's a team that you know that you can beat, right? For me, or at every level, when I was at De La Salle, the energy is different. I never had a problem or you never really had a problem, at least in baseball, for getting up for games, even if they're against a bad team, because percentages are so low and averages are so low in baseball that you take whatever you can get. So when we're going to play, no offense to anybody who went there, YV or someone like that, you're going to make sure that you come correct because this is an opportunity for you to ball out. And when you do have to go against that pitcher that is, you know, committed to USC or something from Monta Vista or Valley Christian or Sarah, you might not get as many hits against them. So let's stack them up against the teams that aren't that good. I think there's a version of that in basketball. You're feeling good. Ubre's hitting threes. There's no pressure. And to me, and this has actually been something people have talked about as far as Steph, they've mentioned that Steph will get going, especially when they had the super team with Kevin Durant. Steph would get going like a closer type of role. They're up seven, maybe 10, and then Steph just shuts the door. But he wasn't really the one to get them to that spot. 
So, yes, it's nice to see Oubre making threes and, you know, Wiggins balling out and everything like that. But can you do it when the game isn't already being controlled by you? Can you come out the gate like that versus, oh, we are feeling good. We're against a trash team. So we're just, we're, we're feeling loose. Can you bring that looseness and that confidence to this game tonight and to this series? And I think it's cool that they do have these series. Steve Kerr was quoted before the last game saying he didn't think it was good for fans to watch the teams play the same or uh, to watch the teams play the same teams every day. Not good for fans. I personally disagree. I think that TV is whatever because maybe you don't watch every game, but how many times did you go from, now the Suns are good now, but the Suns to the Kings, right? That happens all the time because they're on the West Coast or the Grizzlies or, or you know, Grizzlies a little further further east, but, you know, bad team to bad team, I think it's very similar to me. I think the only people it really even affects are season ticket holders because maybe you just went to the game and watched them play the Timberwolves and the Timberwolves aren't that good and you really just don't want to go go again so you end up selling it. Maybe you can't sell it. So they might be upset about that. But everybody else, us, us normal folk, you go to one game you're not going again until you know, at least a month. At least a month. I know people have deals where they you know, split it with families and things like that. That's still not affected because you're not going to go to back-to-back games. Most of the time when people make those deals or split up the tickets like that, they'll go for one, then the other family goes for the other. So the only people I see this affecting are season ticket holders that might not want to watch them play the same team. And I'm not putting all season ticket holders into a bunch, but most of them can just find something better to do, right? Like if you're a season ticket holder at the Chase Center, you're probably going to be okay. You can take your chopper and and fly around somewhere until the game is done and come on back. I just don't really see it being an issue for anyone really, for, for anyone other than season ticket holders. So it was interesting to hear Steve Kerr say that. So I think that's been enough Warriors Wednesday talk for today. Like I said, to recap quickly, Warriors got to average about a 110 a night. It's going to be, I mean, like I said, I put them at the cap. So 100 to 110 a night. And that's kind of a big difference. But really, it's all based upon how their defense plays. If their defense plays well, then 100 might do it for you. 110 could do it for you. If the defense doesn't play well, not only is 100 not going to do it for you, 110 is not going to do it for you either. And that that's a big deal if you're thinking about stacking up these wins. And that's why beating the Kings the way they did was so important. And you have to beat down on these lesser teams so when people were saying, well, they beat the Pistons and the Bulls. Yeah, but they could have lost to them. And when it's a shortened season, albeit by, what, 10 games or something like that, those games matter because like we said, now you have a back-to-back against the Clippers and they have a tough stretch coming up here. So you got to stack those wins up where you can. I'm not knocking them for doing well against these lesser teams. You just, you're going to have to win some games against good teams as well. That That's just, that's just kind of what it is. All right, let's talk about college football. College football, Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, the fourth wide receiver in the history of the Heisman to win it, I believe since 1991. Good on Devontae. I think he's going to be a great receiver. Everyone keeps talking. It's very interesting the way receivers are going now. Uh, they're, They're... they're not necessarily shorter, but I feel like we're seeing less of the Megatrons come out and the Julio Jones come out. Now they're going like six foot, six one, 180, 190. 
things like that. They're not doing, you know, the 6'5", 2'12". I just don't see a lot of them running around. And then I'm not counting the Tyreek Hills of the world because that guy just has world-class speed. Um, or even the the slot guys like the Cole Be- Beasleys. Those are different. I'm talking about the pure get on the outside of the numbers wide receivers. Even those guys seem to be a little smaller as well. But Devontae Smith spoke about being, you know, undersized and people doubting him. I'm not disagreeing with that. He still ended up at Alabama. Now, maybe people thought he shouldn't have went to Alabama or, or Saban took a chance with him. So I'm not disagreeing with anything he's saying. I've never walked in the kid's shoes. And I think he's a good kid. Seems very humble. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, kind of like Amari Cooper. I get a lot of Amari Cooper vibes from him. I'm, I don't think we'll be seeing him in a ton of commercials, but that's fine. Everyone has their, everyone has their their path. Now, when it comes to his quarterback, Mac Jones, this is an interesting one for me because as we head into the draft, Devontae Smith will be quite all right, quite all right. Do we know anything about Mac Jones other than he's not a quitter? And I don't sound say that negatively. I'm saying that because that could be enough. That could be enough to get it done. Just not being a quitter. You know, not every quarterback uh, is Trevor Lawrence has lit it up since freshman year. There's a reason guys have to transfer and things like that. And if they didn't transfer, they may have had to wait as long as Mac Jones did. He beats out a freshman, and now he's the guy. People, you know, talk to Kyle Trask about transferring as well. I saw that on the, the Heisman presentation. So, and, and I don't have a problem with people transferring or with players transferring. I think it's great. I think it's necessary, especially coming from a guy like me that had to deal with on the D2 level at a high school Everybody gets recruited to one school and it's just survival of the fittest, but we really don't expect any of you. You, you have to be some otherworldly talent, which if you were, you probably wouldn't be at a D2. So it's very hilarious to me when coaches want to speak on the transfer thing, but there is something to be said about Mac Jones not transferring. To me, I think it is enough that he's not a quitter and I know guys are really, really open in college. And I know Devontae Smith won the Heisman. So that's the guy you're throwing to. But I do think it's enough to, if you're if you're around in late second or later than that, you know, the third or the fourth, and you, whether you need a quarterback or whether you'd just like to have one, you think about it. You think about it. You know, I, I would think about it. There's no reason not to. Like I said, he, I don't believe he's first round talent. And I don't, I, I, you never know what quarterbacks, right? We've had a lot of quarterbacks go in the first round just because supply and demand. That That's what it is, what a team needs, how a team did. The Dolphins were not on anybody's list to take a quarterback. They got their pick from the Texans and basically they could have gotten the best I think they picked three the best non-quarterback in the draft two has got some question marks it, it and I love him he's a lefty but he definitely has some question marks and the other thing is when you look at Tua and what he has or has not been able to do What are we doing now with, now it's different for Tua because he was at Alabama, but the idea of, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine on Twitter last night about, well, what about Mac Jones? You know, you talk about Mac Jones from Bama. What about Justin Fields? Everyone that's associated with a school. Well, what about Justin Fields? He's an Ohio State quarterback and they haven't done well uh, lately as far as quarterbacks and my answer to him was because of the transfer portal like we spoke about before things are different things are different Justin Fields was at Georgia 
you know, what are we doing with Jalen Hurts? He was at Alabama, then goes to Oklahoma. We don't know if, how well he's going to do in the NFL, but if he doesn't do well or if he does do well, who gets that credit? Who gets that credit? I, so the idea of the idea of oh this quarterback is connected to this school does it necessarily matter anymore or is it just a case by case basis right like I don't see Spencer Rattler leaving Oklahoma so whenever it's time for Spencer Rattler to to rock out and whenever it's his time to head into the NFL that to me would be considered an Oklahoma quarterback because he was there from freshman year started his redshirt freshman year and whatever product comes to the NFL that is directly a product of Oklahoma so we have to double check these things now and say well he bounced around and now he ended up here you know even even Burrow right so that'll be interesting just to see how we talk about those things in the future and how we connect QBs or players for that matter to schools. I know QBs are the most important because everything is not as it was in the past. You're not simply using, you know, the idea of, oh, this quarterback is from this school. He didn't do well in the NFL. Well, I mean, I don't think if Jalen Hurts flames out, that's on Oklahoma. Wasn't he there for one year? That's how I see that. Um, so, Mac Jones, I'm fairly certain he's worthy of a late second round pick. You got to keep in mind how late Tom Brady went or how late Russell Wilson went. So on in any given year, right after all the other guys go, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, all those guys, when you are looking at the end of it, and I mean, if you are a Niners fan, if you don't think you're going to get one of those top four guys and you're going to keep Jimmy, you could bring Mac Jones in. You, you could absolutely bring Mac Jones in just to find out what he is or just to see what he is, have him, you know, under Jimmy for a bit or see if he pushes Jimmy. I think that makes a decent amount of sense unless you are trying to get Jimmy out of there. Then I would say you got to go for one of the top four guys. So that's how I feel about Mac Jones. Devontae Smith, he'll be just fine. Um, well, I say that now, but some of these guys... You know, I'm a Raiders fan. And by the way, I'm not talking about the Raiders. I talk about my teams when they're remotely near something starting or relevant. And the Raiders to me right now, I, I've said my piece on the Raiders and John Gruden. So I don't need to talk about them until we're at least near the NFL draft. I don't need to talk about them 24-7. That's why I follow beat writers and the talking heads that specifically deal with those teams. So when I'm on the air, I'm talking about things that are actually relevant to me and things that are in the the, the media circle right now. Nobody's talking about the Raiders. Nobody cares. And I don't right now because you could be getting talked about if you showed up and made the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. But as far as the Raiders, Henry Ruggs, tough, I would say a tough rookie year. That's another. Now, I believe I would assume Henry Ruggs is faster than Devontae Smith just because Henry Ruggs is faster than basically everyone short of Tyreek Hill. But it takes more than that. You know, C.D. Lamb, I believe out of Oklahoma, had a a decent season. I would say, I, I believe, the best besides Justin Jefferson from LSU. But Jerry Judy, tough season as well. So, and he also has Drew Locke throwing to him. But it's not always a flash of a pan with these guys. It's it's scheme. It's, it's situation. It's things like that. But the cream always rises 
and I think in this microwave society, now I sound like an old man, in this microwave society, we expect these guys to go ham and go hard immediately. And that's not always the case. You still have to give them time to grow and improve and get better. So if Devontae Smith doesn't come out of the gates flying next year to wherever he goes, I heard if they do believe in Tua, the Dolphins, they might take Devontae Smith to give him a bit of a security blanket in a way of, hey, I've thrown to you before some familiarity. So that could be really good too. But we'll just have to wait and see on all of that. Wishing both of them the best. But the last thing I'll say, as far as Alabama, 1973 was the last time a team had three Heisman finalists in the top five. You're going up against Ohio State, who Justin Fields was an early, early Heisman candidate. I think he was the last two years. I think he might have been a finalist last year. Didn't get in there. You know, obviously they have top tier guys. It's not like they have scrubs, but you have three Heisman finalists. Some people are saying this is the best offense Alabama has ever had. Shout out Najee Harris, Antioch. I really do wish he was able to be a part of the top four as well. But top five ain't too shabby. Is it a complete disaster in Tuscaloosa if Alabama loses? I I know that's tough to say with the pandemic and everything like that. But three in the top five? Because if it's not, a disaster or a bad look for Alabama, then the question is what has the Heisman become or what did it become for this year? I don't think it's the same as the Warriors not having anyone finish very high for the MVP because the Warriors numbers, uh, the well, Steph, I think Clay was probably pretty similar and But KD and Steph, they dropped a little bit. They weren't MVP level as far as, you know, compared to Giannis and James Harden because they're not carrying the same load. Devontae Smith, that's why he was so impressive. And again, Mac Jones is throwing to Devontae Smith. But besides that, you know, and Najee, by the way, you got Najee coming out of the backfield. But besides that, what does it say if, They don't win. Does it say that this game is, or or this award is turning into a a collective award? Or at least it did for this year? Because I don't understand, or I don't see how you can have three finalists in the top five and and, and the team you're playing didn't have any, and it not at least be kind of a bad look, right? Maybe not a terrible look, but it can't be a great look. So, Nick Saban doesn't come out under a lot of fire, as he shouldn't. The guy puts out a, a tier one premium product, elite product, every single year. But with great power comes great responsibility. And Nick Saban has an embarrassment of riches right now. An embarrassment of riches. What does he do or how does the Alabama fan base react to having those types of riches knowing all three of those guys are gone I think I don't I think Mac Jones could come back but I believe Devontae and and I know Najee will be gone what do you do what do you do or or how does that get received is it any better if you if you lost to Clemson? No, especially the way Ohio State handed it to Clemson. So you lose a tough game, a close game, and you'll be fine. I mean, Saban will be fine either way. But you get blown out with three Heisman finalists. I guess technically Najee wasn't a final finalist. But you get blown out. To me, that that could be a really bad look. Now, I don't think they will. I believe they're favored. But anything is possible. Anything is possible. 
Okay. To close the show, we have a new segment that I am very excited to premiere. In style or out of style. And this is for NFL picks. NFL picks this weekend. I've actually never done this as far as, okay, let me give you my picks and and you do with that what you want to do with that. But I'm feeling spicy. I'm feeling like some of these games are, are, are reading a certain way to me. So we're going to go right now, first of 2021, first ever, but first of 2021, in style, out of style, NFL picks for the wild card round. Colts versus Bills. In style, I got plus six and a half Bills. I'm very high on the Bills. I think Josh Allen is not that far away from Patrick Mahomes. Seriously, I really do. And if you see some of the throws that Patrick Mahomes makes that don't get picked off, that probably should get picked off, and I feel like that's actually a metric now, but there's a whole video of that on Twitter. A bunch of a bunch of balls that he threw that were just not great balls. Patrick Mahomes is generational. I just think it's possible Josh Allen could be comparable to that. Maybe not the same thing, but a Patrick Mahomes light. And he could grow to that. I mean, that's the thing. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And every so if, if you're staying stagnant, somebody's going to catch you. We know what Patrick Mahomes can do. We also know what type of weapons he has as well but the no look passes and all that stuff sure he's flashier than josh allen but when it comes to winning a ball game this is the first time the bills are coming in with expectations like this and i just feel like they're going to meet the expectation they handled the dolphins and they didn't bat an eye and now they have the colts and i don't think the colts are fool's gold but I think Phillip Rivers can be frazzled easily and he needs things going in their way. I just think the Bills come out hot, put up about 14 on them. Maybe it's 14-3, maybe 14-7. And the Colts just will be unable to stop the well-oiled machine that is the Buffalo Bills. So Buffalo Bills plus six and a half in style. Colts are out of style. Next. In style. Minus four and a half for the Rams. That's who I have, man. The the Seahawks can't move the ball right now. And it's tough what's going on in Seattle. We all let Russ cook at the beginning of the season. That all went away. That was all done. You you let Russ cook. Um... He could only cook so much. It was all about DK Metcalf, and they started out hot. But we knew this whole time that they couldn't guard anyone. It's like wet tissue paper. They couldn't guard anyone. And it caught up with them. And then when the offense slowed down as well, or the defense started to affect the offense. So now you have a problem. I don't, I'm not saying the Seahawks will lose, but I'm saying the Rams feel good. They have a Crazy defense, obviously, with Aaron Darnold, Jalen Ramsey. Those guys coming at you. So then, Russ finally does get out the pocket. You, you got to avoid Jalen Ramsey. You're going to try to avoid Jalen Ramsey. Four and a half. I just feel that this game could be decided by a field goal. And they do enough, the Rams do, on offense. Especially against an putrid defense like they're going to face in the Seahawks. So that's why I feel they're going to be able to put enough points up on the board to hang around and maybe they lose by a field goal or something like that. Bucks versus Washington. So yeah, Rams in style. Seahawks, I love you, Russ. Under six foot club, you're my guy. But Seahawks are out of style this week. I'm sorry. In style. Plus eight and a half for the Bucks. That's in style, out of style, Washington. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. We all know you can you can write it in stone now. Amazing story, but 
they're still kind of reeling from their whole situation. It's just been a, a, a crazy year for them. And Ron Rivera has just done an amazing job battling cancer, doing all those things. Unfortunately, I think the story comes to an end here. You lose Dwayne Haskins or you get rid of Dwayne Haskins. They fought through a lot. And I just feel that this is finally the big boss that they're not going to be able to get past. And Tom Brady, playoff Tom Brady, we talk about playoff Rondo and sometimes playoff P for Paul George. I'm not picking on Paul George, like I said. Playoff Brady usually shows up. And he didn't show up last year. And he got clowned for it. And the last thing you want to do is poke the bear. And not that I'm saying Washington poked the bear. The NFL and the NFL media and everybody surrounded or that cares about the NFL poked the bear, even if they didn't mean to poke the bear. Because we know guys like Brady and Jordan, RIP Kobe, they, they don't need a lot of bulletin board content. So the fact that Brady is even coming to a new team, that's bulletin board. Okay, people thinking, was it him or was it Belichick? We, we still don't know, even though Belichick didn't have a great year. It more so just, just gave credence to what Tom Brady has been able to do. But we hate the revenge season stuff. I don't think it was a revenge season for Brady. But I do think that he wants to prove some things to some people. And unfortunately for Washington, they're fresh meat right in front of them. So I just don't see this game. Even though Mike Evans, I don't know if anybody else saw that Mike Evans injury. It didn't look great. It didn't look like it would, if like he would be ready. But NFL guys, the National Freaks League, he'll probably be okay. So I got Bucks plus eight and a half in style. Washington, you are out of style. Next. Ravens Titans. I got the Ravens minus three and a half in style. The Titans and that big train that is Derrick Henry out of style. I think I make a lot of these picks based on not my heart, but how I know the athletes feel. So it's one thing to feel disrespected, but how are you going to react? This is what year three for Lamar going to the playoffs and and hopefully, you know, finally getting it done to some degree. They don't have the same cachet that they had last year, you know, being such a high seed. They kind of had a rough year. Lamar goes out with COVID and, and things like that. But they did lose to the Titans last year in the playoffs. And there were a lot of questions about Lamar Jackson, even though he balled, on top of the fact that his receivers or tight ends, whoever he was throwing the ball to could not catch the ball. They had popcorn before the game and they could not catch the ball, extra butter. Um, and it just was not working for them to get it done. And Derrick Henry is a beast. Coming back to face the same team in the playoffs and you're only a three and a half favorite, albeit, like I said, not as high of a seed as last year, you got to take that stuff personally. And Lamar is a pretty cool and calm guy, which I think does bode well for him in the midst of the game. But we know that these athletes are the highest competitors, right? I mean, I played in college, and I, I and you can't talk to me for 5, 10 minutes if I lose in ping pong or if I lose shooting pool. Like, that's the way we're all wired. So you can only imagine how professional athletes that are ballers take this stuff. So Lamar's heard all the chatter. You know, uh, Baker's having a great year in the same division. Steelers as well. You don't want to be that team that doesn't get it done. So for those reasons, for the reasons of, I think Ryan Tannehill has kind of came back to who we believe him to be. And... You know, everybody loads the box on Derrick Henry. Not that it really matters, but I do think that the Ravens can do enough to hold them off. 
a little nervous at the three and a half. I, I think the Ravens are going to win regardless. A little nervous at the three and a half, but I think there's a part of Lamar that wants to come out and say, look, this is my time. I'm not going to keep being judged on I can't even call them poor performances just not doing enough in the playoffs to win so Titans are out of style Ravens at minus three and a half are in style Bears versus Saints so <laughs> I got Bears minus 10 in style we don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play I don't really believe in Drew Brees, to be honest. I don't really believe in the Saints, period. I don't really believe in Drew Brees at this point, throwing his ducks all around. And I do believe that the Bears will do enough to not lose by 10 points. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just don't see the Saints. Well, Michael Thomas is coming back and, you know, check down Mike. <laughs> I just don't see... The Bears losing by 10. I can see the Bears losing by 10, but I don't see the Saints winning by 10. It's more about the Saints for me than it is about the Bears. And I'm just not very high on them. I'm not typically very high on them. And Mitch Trubisky weirdly gets it done in certain moments. And like I said, I'm not picking them to win. But I think they can do enough. And look, love Matt Nagy. He, his high school alma mater is where my fiance went so again maybe there's a little bit of that as well hopefully hope, hoping that they don't get blown out of the park but i just don't see the bears losing by 10. i just don't so i got the bears in style at minus 10 and the saints are out of style not to say they'll lose but 10 is a lot 10 is a lot okay next Browns versus Steelers. This is probably the hardest one, as you can imagine. Even with Stefanski being out, the Browns head coach due to COVID, I still think it's a tough one because you get to this point in the year and there's people like my dad that thinks professional coaches do nothing. I've spoke, <laughs> spoke about that before. I don't think they do nothing, but I do think that there are a lot of plays at this point with the staffs that these professional teams have you're not going to be completely different you're not going to be completely different but with that being said this is an opportunity for Mike Tomlin because you go what what do they win nine or ten in a row to start out the year undefeated nobody believes in you then you kind of fall into that because you do sputter lose a couple you don't start Big Ben in the last game. You lose to the Steelers. I don't know if you would really even count that, but it counts. Now you're six-point favorites against the Browns. And the Browns don't even have their head coach. So to me, this game is mostly about Big Ben. It's like, who, who is... Who is disappearing faster, Big Ben or Drew Brees? This is about Big Ben, and this is about Mike Tomlin. Can you get it done? And can you get it done convincingly against a team that doesn't even have their head coach? So I got the Steelers in style at plus six. The Browns are out of style. I just don't, I don't see them doing enough I, to, to keep it that close. And you got to get clicking at some point, the Steelers do. This will probably be the last game. This could be the last game. It depends on who the Steelers play next. That they're favorited. Because nobody is very high on them. And they know that. So if anybody should have a chip, it should be them. Juju Smith-Schuster, TikToking and dancing. You caught a lot of flack. And a lot of it has been warranted, but... This is when you show up and this is when you quiet the haters and keep them quiet. So I think the Steelers are going to come out the gate. And if they don't, then even if they win, this will probably be the last playoff game for them. If this doesn't get you up a division rival without their coach to beat the brakes off them, 
in a year where you've been disrespected for what you've accomplished and you've had a darn good year, then nothing is going to get them up. And this will be the last playoff game they play or last playoff game they win if they win. So that is the in style, out of style for this week. NFL picks with wild card. Let me know how you do if you follow me. I don't even know if I'm going to follow myself. I don't bet that much. And every time I do, I actually bet Purdue, Illinois, because Illinois was like 15 or something like that. And Purdue had to lose by seven and a half or better. They were minus seven and a half. They lost by eight. It was pretty tough, you know, but that's what Vegas does. Vegas knows these these ins and outs, and that's why they're Vegas, and that's why most of the time we are losers. But sometimes we're, we're not, and that's why we keep going back. But that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed it wherever you've been listening. This will be up as a podcast later today or, you know, pretty soon here. Got some other things to do. Got to wrap it up. But this has been Styles Files Radio. If you don't follow me already, I'm at the underscore Styles Files on Twitter and Instagram. The Styles Files straight up on Twitch. The first Twitch show for me was a little little spicy, like I said. I got texts going. I got Twitch notifications going. Trying to figure all that out. And, of course, we're on TuneIn as well on radio. But I'm happy with a lot of the show. I'm happy that everybody tuned in who tuned in. I appreciate you very much. And until next time, South Falls Radio out. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.